Alright, my name is Sean Fallon and you're listening to episode 10, Rocky. Welcome to From First to Last. Hello again and welcome again. My name is Sean Fallon, this is From First to Last, uh, and this is episode 10, the first movie special. Um, so let's, without further ado, let me introduce my guest. He's a writer, he's a returning guest, he's going to eat lightning and he's going to crap thunder. He's Jack, the fighting Brighton Godwin. Hello Jack, how are you? Oh, I'm so pleased with that intro. Uh, hello. <laughs> yeah, best one yet. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> so I was just like... Sure, he was from Brighton. Oh, he's in Brighton. Or oh, something about Brighton. Yeah, oh, it's, it'll it, do it. it, it rhymes. <laughs> I was, yeah, that's it. I also would have gone with Apollo's Master of Disaster as well. That is a good one. Um, so, what movie have you uh, chosen for today's for the first movie special? I have chosen Rocky, or well, the Rocky series. Fantastic. Okay, so um, what's what's your experience with the Rocky films? Um, I think I don't know if this is a common um, story to have with. Rocky for people like my age, you know, who weren't alive when the first few were out. Um, but mm. I was put off them really at a young age. I I knew that uh, the first one was, you know, regarded as a sort of classic. But even when people recommended it to me, I'd kind of roll my eyes a bit because I'm like, really? Rocky? The thing I've seen parodied like countless times. You know, I didn't associate Stallone with any kind of um, you know, with a, a masterpiece or anything, but um, yeah. I can't remember what happened that, that spurred me onto it a year or two back. I think I read something from a critic online I liked or something who, you know, just showed their love for the series. And I thought I'd give the first one a shot, uh, and I loved it so much I immediately went out and bought like the whole series, which was yeah. uh, up to Barbera at that point, um, and dived into it and l- absolutely loved the series all the way through. Yeah, I think like you said, I think that is a common a common story because I um I was the same like as far as I knew of Rocky, it was just like these very cheesy bombastic movies. It there was like the Rocky cliche of the underdog and all that. And um, what happened to me was I uh, uh, when I I used to live in Istanbul and we'd get driven to work in this like big minibus and it was like a 35 40 minute drive. So um, I didn't want to talk to anyone on the bus, so I ended up putting all the Rocky films on my iPad and just watched them one after another during the like in half an hour bursts there and back. Um, because I just wanted like a big series and it was like a big blind spot, blind, blind spot, <laughs> blind spot that I wanted to just cut off straight away. And so I watched them all one after another. And, um, I mean, it's, it's a, they're a fascinating experience to watch them, to see like how like Rocky one is like quintessentially seventies, very slow, not much happens. And then to see like how it develops into like where it goes to with like number four and number five. Mm. It, it, it is a it is a fascinating series. So, um, well, let's. So for Rocky, you you love it, Rocky. Rocky, um, I the more times I see it, the more I love it. It might. Yeah. I mean, it's always hard to you know define what your favorite movie is, um, because you know movies so diverse in your favorites list. But I am yeah. I'm pretty sure it's definitely like you know top three and uh, battling for the top spot there because I absolutely adore it okay so why why does it um 
Why does it hold such a big place in your heart? Well, uh, I think there's there's so many things about the movie I love, but I mean, it really does come down to the fact that Rocky and I. I it only came this only came to me the other day, but Rocky Balboa himself is probably my favorite cinematic character. That's very interesting, actually. You say that because when Creed came out, I saw that a lot of people said that that was like a big thing, um, like on audiences everywhere and stuff like that. Of of people saying like the Rocky films are great, but Rocky himself is legendary, like that character. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the basic thing of always being able, you know, uh, loving to root for the underdog, which is mm. maybe not, you know, something that the Rocky movie started, but it definitely like sort of perfected that um, that whole journey. But as, as well as that, it it's kind of refreshing as a hero to be, I mean, he's deep and he's conflicted and he's mm. got these nuances to him. But at the same time, he is just a straightforward, good, generous person, yeah. which we don't get too much of because, like, especially, I, I remember I was reading a quote about um, uh, that Stallone had said. I think it was actually when Rocky had been the year that Rocky was released. He was on some chat show, and he was saying about how the seventies there was this big sort of countercultural thing for there to be more anti-heroes. And you think, yeah. of, uh, well, even like the same year, you've got uh, a Taxi Driver. You've got those kind of films, which are amazing and were like new at the time. But I think now, going back to it, it is really great just to have a character that is pure and good. It doesn't have to have these, you know, dark undertones to him, even if he does have, you know, a bit of darkness to him that he's fighting against. Yeah, because I mean, rewatching Rocky, it was interesting to see, like, because he's quite a passive character in his own way. And the thing that makes. So, like, looking at Rocky, like, he's quite a passive character. He's a big lovable oaf and all that. So when it builds and builds and builds, and he has that big flip out um, at Mickey, he's like, when was my shot? And this place stinks and that whole thing. It's really affecting because you can see that, like, it's it's just been building and building and building and building inside him. And then it makes you reassess everything you've seen before, where he is, like, this sort of just, like, lovable goof. But it's like, yeah, but he is living this... Like, he's trapped in this shit life and just, like, can't get out. And no one's going to help him. And he's just trying to, you know, be a good guy and get through it. And then he just all all explodes in one big thing, which I thought... Because Stallone... I mean, Stallone's never been the best actor, but he he puts... He does a lot... He puts a lot of himself into Rocky, I think. I think that's where he puts all his work. It's, it's effectively... It's so close to him. You know, mm. it, it mirrors... The whole series mirrors his story, but, like... The whole the background of um, the first Rocky movie like really is an underdog story itself. Like uh, he yeah. always, he always mentions that um, I see him mention interviews multiple times saying at the time he had a hundred three dollars in the bank. Um, yeah, and his wife was pregnant, <laughs> um, and his car had broken down, so he was taking a bus to work. He was getting typecast as like a thug in all these roles and. He had to sell his dog, uh, who yeah, was his, that's yeah. Who was his dog in the film? Who he like? I think he bought back during production or something. But he had he had all that, and and part of the re. I think at this point he was offered more money if they were to get in a big star. I think they wanted yeah. uh, like Burt Reynolds or Robert Redford or someone uh, big at the time to like you know come in and elevate the picture. But he was like, no, mm. I'm the star. This is my story, and risked everything you know, to, to, you know, make a name for himself, which is, 
you know, kind of the story of Rocky himself. Like, no one expects anything of Rocky Balboa in the same way no one expected anything of Sylvester Stallone in 1976. When you watch them all, you can see they are the, they are the progression of Stallone's career as well and sort of, like, a progression of his, um, his ego, you know, sort of. Because the first film is very much, like you say, it's an actor who just is happy to be in a film. So winning at the end doesn't matter. He gets the girl. He's done the job. It's fine. He's gone the distance. But then as the movies go on, he needs to win bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you get to like Rocky V where he needs to like beat a younger, like a young up and comer, which I feel is like, I don't know if that's like Stallone saying that he's still in the game and all these young action heroes, he'd still be able to batter them and so on. And then you see that sort of ego crest and then it comes back down to where you get Rocky Balboa and he's very much back, just happy to be doing the character again. I think they, they are great in that sense of, um, they say how much, well, how much Stallone put himself into it, like how much he is that character. Oh, also, actually, there was one thing I, I did for Audience Everywhere and I said that um, Rocky was the history of America. I remember that. I was like, well, yeah, that was great. So like 1976, when you're saying like, loads of um there's loads of anti-heroes you know because the when rocky uh won best picture it was against uh was it network all the president's men taxi driver all very dark post nixon movies and it and it won because like everyone was like now nah, we're we're sick of being miserable we want to we need a win again and and rocky was sort of proven that america could go the distance and then gradually i say Stallone's ego crests, as does America's. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, yeah, I think the more, I mean, it's, always, it's a very patriotic uh, series, obviously, uh, mm. with the American flag shorts, but there's, like, the more outwardly, the more obviously he connects Rocky's story with that of America's, the less it works for me. Um, yes. Uh, for instance, like, uh, in, in 4, uh, um, not definitely my least favorite, which I don't think is very popular opinion, but mm. but like um yeah that one when it is uh, America versus Russia you know and he is you know showing the world that America is still a superpower in that movie that doesn't work for yeah. me whereas like you can like apply you know um you can apply America to all these films but I think it's done in a slightly more subtle way. Than uh, you know, mm. being draped in an American flag at the end of the movie. Yeah, you do have to sort of reach for the connections and stuff like that. Whereas, um, yeah, I, I I think four is sort of half a good film. I, I think my least is five. I, I couldn't find anything redeemable about five. I just couldn't get into that one at all. I actually I actually really I actually quite like five. I I rewatched it like a a week or two back, and I was like before I was kind of like oh it's not as bad as people say, but now I kind of like. You know, uh, maybe it's a, something I should keep to myself because uh, people get quite angry about that movie. <laughs> but like, I, but I, I actually quite like it. You know, it is actually like, you know, it's definitely not the worst in the series for me. Um, I do get a lot mm. out of it, even though there is some absurd stuff in there, um, and I'm not a fan of. Yeah. I don't, I don't think MC Hammer songs should really be in a Rocky movie. <laughs> no, that that's it. It's very of it. It's 19. 90 i think i think it is very it's like the first rocky in the 90s and yeah. it is very much i mean it does rocky 5 plays an important part in the whole thing though because if you if you don't get rocky 5 and the the series finishes with 4 then i don't think you ever get rocky balboa and if you don't get rocky balboa then you don't get creed you know i think you need 
Five being unsatisfying, so Stallone needs to make a new one. And when he makes Balboa, and Balboa is really good, and sort of reassess, like, repositions the character as an old man who runs a restaurant, and then that leads straight into Creed, which is good. But that, that's, that's a redeeming thing, I guess, for Five, that its existence led to better films, which is good. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think, um, I mean, I do have problems with Five, and I think Balboa, like, redeems a lot of them, because, and I, yeah, it's, hmm. it's like, a, I, I don't like Four, but Four had to exist for Creed to happen the way it did, and I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. It, it is interesting, like, Again, talking like from first to last about and starting with Rocky. It, yeah, I think there is that thing of like, if you went on the street now and found people who hadn't seen the Rocky movies and said, describe Rocky to me. I feel as though 4 is the movie everyone sort of goes to. I think 4 is the one that's got itself into our consciousness of what a Rocky film is. You know, tons of montages, very cheesy big and brash and like bombastic and i think me and you both had the same experience when you actually sit down and watch rocky rocky uh 1976 rocky it's it's incredible how restrained it is and how how little of the eventual sort of rocky dna is in there you know a lot of it's there but like when i was watching it i was like ah this isn't the movie where they chase the chicken okay this, oh this isn't the movie where paulie's in his corner okay yeah you know and i and i, I there was loads of stuff like okay so because I was, I looked as well, the Rocky theme, like the actual, like, bum, 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 you know, doesn't start till an hour and a half into the film. That's the first time you get it. You know, it's everything up to that point is character, scene setting, um, a lot of quiet moments. You know, they spend a good 10, 50, well, a good 10 minutes with him and Adrian on the ice rink, just, just fleshing that whole thing out. You know, no rush to it, just... Like, sort of 70s pacing, just, yep, go at your own time, we'll wait. Yeah, I, I mean, if I was to describe... I've done this before when people have rolled their eyes at me when I say I love Rocky, it's a, one of my favourite movies, mm. and they've you know, um, and they just never, you know, even seen it or seen anything from it, but they're like, really, Rocky? I would say, like, oh, it's an indie romance. And then people go, mm. what? Like, I thought it was this, you know, big bombastic sports movie, like you say, but... um I mean, because in the first one, I think you you got like the one fight at the start that's like five minutes yep. long. Then you've got the whole movie. Then you've got like mm-hmm. fifteen. You got like a five minute montage, and then like fifteen minutes of the fight at the end. The, everything yep. in between is about the characters and how they interact, and about Rocky as a man. Yeah, I mean, I've always described it as being like. I mean, I think later films become boxing movies, but the but Rocky is just a movie that has boxing in it. You know, it just happens to have boxing. It's like. Um, Friday, the TV show Friday Night Lights was a show that just happened to have football. You know, it's mm. it's one leading the other. That, that, you know, it's it's that's not... funny you say that because I've been I've been uh, put off seeing Friday Night Lights because I'm not interested in that sport. <laughs> um, hmm. So and I and I've had people I've rolled my eyes at that and then people have said no seriously check this out. Yeah, I I actually had never watched it and I watched it for uh, episode eight of this podcast, which will be out in weeks and weeks and weeks. And I just watched like obviously the first and the last episode, and it's very affecting. It does it does get you into it. It's very mm. good, but that's for another day. But yeah, so yeah, like it's interesting because he has obviously has the fight with Spider Rico at the start, and then yeah, I I think it's not he doesn't have another boxing match then for another, I would say a good hour and forty minutes of the movie. Like the 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 length of Rocky Balboa, the actual movie occurs before he fights Apollo Creed, and uh, not like you say not. There's like one montage, 
And a lot of it is just him doing things, just sort of being there, you know, just there's a lot of scenes of him walking from place to place and just like painting this picture of just like working class Philly life. Yeah, there's there's a I mean all, all this uh, there's a lot of stuff where I mean on surface nothing much is happening, but there's nothing I would mm. take away from any of that because you know I, I I mean all the stuff of him on his own just walking along him talking uh, to little Marie you know yeah. telling him not to hang out with those coconuts anymore like there's right. you know it's it's all painting this picture of like you know someone who's completely lost and is aimless mm. and lonely and he is not he kind of proves himself throughout the film you know he builds to this fight of course but like yeah. again like it because they actually i remember the first time i watched it um i wasn't because I, I i somehow missed the ending i that wasn't something that was spoiled for me <laughs> but like uh, uh but like you know when, when he said when they announced that apollo is one uh, by split yep. decision i didn't notice i was like wait who won you know i had to yeah. like i had to like put it back or look at the wiki or something because it was like but they fade out that sound and bring yeah. adrian and rocky to the forefront because it doesn't matter who won he you know That's he went it. he went the distance it doesn't matter at all as long as he's he's validated by his love for adrian yeah i mean and, and that's it and that's i think that's the thing that people that it sort of gets lost because obviously rocky 2 is pretty much a remake of rocky 1 but he wins you know it's it's very much the sort of like it's almost like oh let's correct the mistake of the first one because he didn't win like no 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 it doesn't matter like you say it if the movie hadn't shown who won you know, I just had it doesn't it, yeah it doesn't matter because he even says that he just needs to go you know the 15 rounds and just stand up and make his make his uh mark on the world and that's it and it's great it's, I mean it's a great sort of thing as well like that's very anti the usual like usually those sort of movies it's building up to the main character winning but just you know this is just him proving that he's a he's an actual person that he's there which is great. Yeah, so him losing the fight and it not mattering, it, it almost seems quite anti-Hollywood now. You know, I don't know if you, like... Yeah, I'm good. I, you don't see many films where you get that. I mean, the only one I can think of is... Um, do you ever see the movie Coach Carter with Samuel L. Jackson? No, I haven't. You know, spoilers. In the end, they um, they lose the big game. But, and it actually, to be honest, it was quite... You watch it and they lose the big game and it didn't feel earned. I was just like, nah, this was building to a win. This is just... I just feel disappointed now. I don't feel like I've learnt the lesson that trying hard is its own reward. <laughs> but with Rocky, you're just sort of like, oh, go, yeah, good on you, Rock. Good work, mate. Well, it's because you spend so much time with him as a character that you know... What, yeah. You, you get used to what he wants and what he needs, so his, you, you get that feeling of success at the end, regardless of like mm. the actual success of the fight. And yeah, and you get like a few little cathartic moments through the film as well of like, um, I love the fact that Adrian shouts at Paulie. You know, I just, oh, I, Paulie's wow. such a shit character in this film. You just need her to stand up to him. Because obviously, Rocky could have just taken him outside and kicked seven kinds of shite <laughs> out of him. But I think it's more satisfying to have her say to him, like, you know, uh, just scream in his face. I cook, I clean, what about me? You know, just really get into him. Like, like good, finally someone puts Paulie in his place. I, like, that's good. I absolutely love Paulie, but he's like, uh, one of the things I, I, 
appreciate um, the most about his character is the fact that Stallone he remain he, he keeps him as a piece of shit in all the movies. Yeah. Like each one like is a bit different. Some of them he's a bit more comedic relief. In Rocky Three he's some he's like a bit racist. <laughs> um yeah. and then he gets a bit repentant in uh Balboa, but like um he is but I think in, in the first Rocky he is absolutely the worst the bit where he throws the uh the turkey in the uh, alley is just horrendous apparently yeah. uh talia shire's like her response to that was real because she didn't know that he was going to do that uh, <laughs> so okay. she was she was kind of in the character and be like i can't believe he did that <laughs> it is it's crazy he, he is awful and i think but he works not just because i find him personally like entertaining all the time but because mm. he works as a point for rocky to work against you should you showed rocky's absolute trust and um mm. generosity and forgiveness through paulie because this is a guy who stays friends with him with paulie all his life and he has no reason to this guy like you know makes his life so difficult for him and then even loses yep. all his money in rocky fight yeah of course yeah and even after, like, Rocky got him a sex robot in in Rocky IV. Oh, God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think the, the Paulie character is, like you say, that interesting counterpoint to just, like... Yeah, it, he works well, because he's not, like, a sort of boo-hiss villain. Like, you, you, you meet people like Paulie in your life, like those sort of un, like, unrepentant, miserable bastards who are just, like, the world owes me a living and just makes everyone uncomfortable and is just horrible. And then you meet the people who like keep these miserable bastards around because they're saints, you know? And that's, I think that's like the thing with Paulie and Rocky, like they say Rocky should have either given him a good kick in or just been like, you know what, Paulie, you're, you're not, you know, you're, I got no, I need nothing more from you. Just get away. You are, <laughs> you are awful. And just bend him like, but because Rocky's a good guy, he keeps him around. Yeah. I, I think uh, I do think that if if there was to be a uh, a saint of like cinema, it is Rocky. He has so much patience for Paulie, beyond what yeah. any any real human would would go to. Which is an, another reason why he's such an inspirational character to look up to. Yeah, no, definitely. Like the um, yeah, because there's not a bad like I think. I, I was trying to think of the films, like, of any sort of act of dishonesty or, like, badness that Rocky does. And, yeah, I mean, the only thing he ever feels guilty about is killing Apollo. And even then, you can't really hold him responsible. Yeah, and it's, it is, there's a question there of, you know, whether it was the right thing to do or not, because it was Apollo's decision to keep going yeah. and if he and if he'd thrown in the towel would he have been denying apollo the right to live his life as he wanted to um yeah which is actually one of my favorite bits about oh, i love apollo in four even though i don't like the movie every every scene oh, yeah. with him in it is just amazing i love carl weather so much and he's another reason why yeah. this movie works so well because like he could have been you know just uh, a mustache twirling villain you know uh rich man who doesn't mm-hmm. care about Rocky at all and thinks he's going to win. And he is that, but there's such... Uh, Carl Webbers has so much fun with the role, but also has these little moments where that facade breaks and you see his insecurity, and it's amazing. Yeah. Obviously, it's interesting to talk about Apollo, you know, in the week 
because this 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 podcast won't be on like won't be on the website till like August. Ooh. But obviously, this week while we're recording it is obviously the week that Muhammad Ali died. Yes. And um, to, to to kind of like what I, I watched uh, when uh, when we were kings oh, this still, week, like still the, need to see that. Oh, dude, it's incredible! Just absolutely phenomenal, and. To see the way that like Ali was talking to the press and he talks to the people around him, and then the next day I watched Rocky, you can instantly see Apollo is is that character. And yeah, exactly. Weathers is having tons of fun with it, but he's also got a lot of fear. And yeah, I I, I would happily if these movies were released now and there was like a shared Rocky universe, I would happily watch seven movies just about Apollo Creed. I would watch his story. You know, like if they made a. Uh, a movie that ran alongside Rocky that showed Creed's rise to the top and then him fighting Rocky, I'd be all over that. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, he he has, like, he is he has like almost the best scenes in the series. And that's why I, I have a lot of appreciation for Rocky III. Um, I have such a love mm. for that movie because, I, I mean, it's the one where you get the most amount of Apollo being Apollo. Um, yeah. he's, he's just such a fun character. But Carl Webber's never lets him just be a fun character. He has little moments that just make him work as a human being. Like I, I love just the look on his face when um right at the end of Rocky, um, when he knocks Rocky down and he's sort of like yeah. you know, turning to the crowd, he thinks the fight's over, and Rocky gets up and he just looks over at him, he's just got this look on his face of just like, Really? You're getting up again? I've got to keep <laughs> yeah, no. and it's a great look for someone who's been like, you know, taunting him in the press for the whole movie and he's just now realizing wow this is an opponent yeah and and that's ace when he goes into the corner and, and i love duke as well i think duke's a great character and duke's like um he doesn't think it's an exhibition he thinks it's a damn fight you know and he has to go out and he's just like no go out and knock him down and he just can't, cannot knock him down and like you say just that look on his face of just like oh for fuck's sake this guy's not gonna this is gonna take some killing like and it just keeps going. And then, um, like you say, Rocky Three is peak Apollo, you know, kind of having the whole thing of Clubber Lang giving him some abuse, and that's how he's brought in. And then, like, yeah, just cheesy 80s nonsense, but but brilliant, you know, like him having to get back the eye of the tiger and all that <laughs> stuff. I, I, I have a big soft spot for Rocky Three. Yeah, I think it's not, it's not my favorite because that's, you know, of course, Rocky, but it's, yeah. um, I think it's the one which I want to watch the most. It's the one that I can watch yeah. a thousand times because it's just, it's so enjoyable. It's like eating ice cream. Yeah, that's it. And it's, one thing I was thinking about this week is it, it is interesting for that movie in terms of Stallone's ego. Because there was one thing that always bugged me about that film. And it's like, you show, they show Rocky has, has become like, he's, he's like fat and bored, you know. He's just like, he's fighting all these chumps and knocking them out. And he's doing like exhibition matches against Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. And then, or Thunderlips even. And then um, when he's got to fight Clubber Lang and he has like the stupid training thing where there's like a massive crowd of people and he's got like a big brass band. And you're like, okay, so he's he's become arrogant. He's going to go out and Clubber Lang is going to batter him because of that. But on the way to the match, Mickey has a heart attack. So his head's all over the place and that's why he gets beaten. You're like, okay, so he's, he couldn't be beaten for his hubris. They still had to add that extra thing of like, oh, no, 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 no. He might have still got through on arrogance, but he was thinking about Mickey. And I, that always just sort of bugged me of like, no, leave the Mickey stuff out for later and have Rocky actually be beaten because he's forgotten who he was rather than because he was distracted. They also play it slightly as a revenge thing since uh, 
Mr. T uh, effectively shouts at Mickey until he has a heart attack. <laughs> yes, no, uh, yeah, no, that is true. Yeah, he does have to go in a bit. There does become a bit of an, an avenging theme, isn't there, for like three and four? Like someone dies and then he has to go and box box the person box the person's memory. Yeah. Even though <laughs> Rocky Four gets to a certain point where they sort of just forget about Apollo. Like by the yeah. end of the fight, you like someone needs to say this is for Apollo Creed or mention his name. But no, it's just he's wrapped in an American flag and if you can change and I can change and twenty million can change, we can all change and that's how the film ends. Like no yeah, <laughs> you you fought this giant Russian because he killed someone. Remember yeah. that. It ends up becoming about like uh, beating communism, like be- punching yeah. punching Ivan Drago until the communism just falls out of his head and he uh, decides That's to it. fight for himself. <laughs> Incredible. I mean that whole that whole thing where it's like, and I know we're jumping around, but you know whatever. But like when he when Ivan Drago is like fighting Rocky and it's like he's not a man, he is made of steel, <laughs> and then he has to go fight him. It's like, oh, what is this movie? And then again, it's the other way. Like, Rocky cuts Drago, and then Duke's like, you see, he's not a machine, he's a man. Like, we we know he's not a machine, mate. We're not doing that. It becomes like a... That would have been a better reveal. It becomes more of a, like, mythological thing in that movie. Yeah. Because it's uh, about these titans fighting, and it's just, you know, it's a David and Goliath situation. Um, Mm. Which, uh, I think kind of makes it work within the Rocky mythos but like I don't emotionally connect to that movie at all like it's the only it's like I think four and five are the only ones where the fights I don't really have an emotional reaction to them at the end yeah. whereas all the rest of them are incredibly emotional yeah they, they are like I mean going back to Rocky that that like the the sheer amount of time they put into the build-up for the last fight by the time they get into the ring you're just in it you know, you, you're there, you're right on the edge of your seat, you're kind of like, I was like shadow boxing in my seat, like, you know, getting into it, like, by the time it was finished, I was out of breath, you know, just like, yeah. Uh, whereas, like, four is sort of, it's it's too heightened, it's too cartoony. And then five is meaningless, like, the street fight with, like, and that's, I think, Vanilla, uh, it's Vanilla Ice or MC Hammer, like, it's it's one of their songs playing in the background. And it's it's got to that point where you're like, oh, well, this is just, it's like self-parody now. It's just lost. It's lost whatever it had. I have mixed feelings about the, the fight in, in Five. I like the idea of it. Um, I don't really mm. like the execution. Because I, I like the idea of him, like, it's a different thing because he's not, like, for that movie, the plot of that movie, it didn't make sense for Rocky to, you know, be in the ring again. So I liked yeah. that he was on the streets fighting for the streets and i can buy like the like the weird judo moves he does and everything um but but again like the 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 direction's a bit weird in it and the editing and the music is kind of awful and it kind of detracts from it um one thing about uh talking about apollo and rocky four just i just thought of which i absolutely love obviously that that first fight against drago with like james brown and all that but when um and, and like you say, like, same as Rocky with, like, Carl Weathers just having that great expressive face. When he goes to touch gloves with Drago and he hits Drago's gloves and Drago's gloves don't move and there's just a sound of ringing steel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Apollo does it and then just sort of looks at Drago and, like, it, and, and I doesn't believe what's just happened and, like, just sort of walks confused back into his own corner. And I just thought that was just a great little, like, comedic moment but also that thing of like 
it's that moment where Creed's just worked out exactly what he's got himself in for, and we're just going to go from there. Like. But I think that's just a great just, ding, and then just like just utter fear, like uh oh. Especially after, especially after the show he's just put on to like enter the ring with like you know he, yeah. he comes down on like a this. I still don't know what it is. It's like a demon head or something. He rides into the arena yeah. and then he's like, you know, dressed in the American flag with a huge hound and like dancing around and James Brown's there. It's, it's, it's just huge and extremely cocky. <laughs> and then yeah. to have that, uh, and then to have him be like, oh, wait, this guy's going to kick the crap out of me is, is quite an amazing yeah. moment. Yeah, no, I did. I, I, I'm a big fan of like the. I think that's my. That's the bit I like of four, and the rest of it's a bit up and down. There's a bit in four where he's talking to Adrian because th- there is a certain point where Stallone's like Rockyisms get out of control. You know, like there's a point where he's talking to Adrian and he's like, "Yeah, he might kill me, but if he wants to kill me, he's got to have the heart to stand in front of me, and then maybe I'll kill him, and he's got to have the guts to stand up and say that he." And it just goes on. I was like, "What?" fuck are you talking about you know and it, it it just gets to that point where it, it goes like critical rocky mass like it's rocky mad libs and it sort of loses control because one thing i did notice from like watching these three films there's a distinct way of writing rocky dialogue which i think if people can do it it works really well like he does have that sort of um it's like oh shucks type wisdom that doesn't mean anything, but it's presented in a way that becomes very meaningful. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I think I think uh, he, uh, Rocky, the Rocky movies at their best, make the make cliched things mm. not feel cliched anymore. They make them feel sincere and honest and 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 real. Yeah, yeah that's like because jumping to say Creed, like the point where he sort of has Donnie looking in the mirror. And he's like, that's your biggest opponent. And I believe that in boxing and I believe that in life and all that. And I was like, and we're watching it, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really cool sentiment. And then if you take one step back from it, you are like, what are you talking about? What does that even mean? It would have been a very different film if Donnie was like, what? what? No, explain? What? Who am I fighting? Why? What? No. Um, but it, it's presented in such a way and in such an atmosphere that you don't mind it. You know, it's like, oh, this is a big, like, meaningless cliche, but it means something in this context. I'll run with it. Like, sometimes, it, like I say, Rocky Four, Rocky Five. sometimes it goes a little bit to the wayside, and it sounds like someone impersonating Rocky dialogue. But when it's done well, like, when you have, like, Rocky One, where he's talking to Paulie, and Paulie says to him, oh, what do you see, uh, what do you see in my sister? And he kind of says, um, oh, you know, I've got gaps, she's got gaps. Gaps, 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 you know, and all that. And there's like those little beautiful moments of, like I say, meaningless sort of stuff that works really well. Well, they, a lot of those things wouldn't work if someone with like, um, with better diction, like Apollo, someone mm. more educated, said them, because then it would feel like you can feel the screenwriter in the scene. Whereas when Rocky yeah. is saying it, that's how Rocky talks and that's how Rocky thinks. So you know that he's expressing it in the way the only way he can, which is through things that yeah. are fairly cliched, but it works because it's that character talking. It's such, like you say, it's because it's Stallone and because obviously definitely Rocky, he's very nervous. You know, Stallone as an actor doesn't speak very clearly, but he, it, it works so well. Like if you think of like the actors, like you say, like Burt Reynolds or Robert Redford, who they wanted for it, it would have been too grand and too showy, I think. It would have been too, 
Yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it wouldn't have worked, because it would have then, you would have been able to see it, and been like, well, no, what you're saying is meaningless, and it doesn't, you know, or they would have come in and said, oh, no, this dialogue doesn't sound right, and then there would have been punch-ups and stuff like, like, punching up the dialogue, and then it just wouldn't have worked. But like you say, it, it almost feels as though the original Rocky, it's like they've taken this boxer off the streets and just put him in a film. Like, they've taken this actual character and just dumped him in a film and filmed him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um... Stallone has like a very particular acting ability that works with Rocky because he kind of yeah. he like he looks kind of like I don't know he could, in in uh, the first Rocky he looks like he could be a bouncer or or like someone shaking down people yeah. for money he looks like a bit of a fuck he doesn't look like you know a sophisticated guy but he has this sweetness in him and this jokiness yeah. to him that's really endearing and I however much I love like uh, Robert Redford, I can't imagine him playing, you know, this down on his luck, like dumb, fuckish guy because Robert Redford yeah. is a guy who you know, is beautiful <laughs> and wears amazing suits, yeah. you know so I, I want to see him in a different role than that Yeah, there's um, a great story about Robert Redford uh, with The Graduate, like Mike Lee approached him and said uh, and, and asked, like he was, gonna, he was the original choice for Benjamin Oh really? And he said to Robert Red, and he said to Robert Redford, um, Robert Redford said, "Okay, so what do I need to act for this part?" And Mike, is it Mike Lee? Yeah, the director uh, of the Graduate. And he said, um, "You just got to act like okay. Remember the last time a girl turned you down?" And Robert Redford said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, this isn't gonna work," <laughs> you know. So, and that's when Dustin Hoffman comes in, like, because Robert Redford, like, well, well, I don't understand. I don't understand what what you're talking about. This is a foreign language to me. So the idea of him, like, like Robert Redford going for Adrian as well wouldn't have made any sense. Like, I think Talia Shire is amazing and she's beautiful and wonderful. That, Rocky and Adrian as these sort of, like, passive, just sort of real people who just connect and just find each other, it works because they're both such shy people. You know, even though Rocky is very ballsy and very brash, he is quite uncomfortable in his own skin whereas like a, a more accomplished actor would just seem too charming too cool okay so let's let's jump to the last and there is a bit of a debate that i started of which is the final rocky movie is it rocky balboa or is it creed now everyone i sort of asked on twitter said creed what do you think uh i think like, what is the last rocky movie i I almost don't know what to say. I want to say Creed just because I love Creed so much and it continues his yeah. story in a way that makes sense. But Rocky, at the end of Rocky Balboa, that's a complete story. That is absolutely yeah. the end of this story as far as it needed to be told. Um, and Creed somehow made it work again. Um, but I, mean, I, could, I, could, I could have another Creed movie with Rocky in it and call that the last Rocky movie. Just keep on bringing him back until Stallone can't stand up anymore I'm that's fine. it <laughs> yeah that's true i i originally up until last night because i rewatched creed last night and up until last night i said rocky balboa like the way i viewed it was rocky in creed was like iron man in captain america civil war you know it's yes it's the same character but his story sort of has his films but then as i watched the film i realized like the one thing that you never get sort of catharsis for or never get a complete catharsis for from the original films, is Rocky killing Apollo. 
like, yeah, he beats Drago, but he never gets to sort of make it up to Apollo that he killed him. And then the thing in Creed where, you know, training Donnie and making it work and becoming like family to Donnie and sort of doing what Creed would have done if he was still alive, that again creates, like you say, another another ending to the story. So like, yeah, okay, I, so you I, can stop at Balboa or you can stop at Creed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's even mention of Apollo in Five or Balboa. Uh, no. I, I remember that. I think there's a background gag where in Paulie's room in uh, Rocky Balboa, there's uh, a picture of Rocky fighting uh, Apollo, and Paulie has like taped the picture of his own face over Rocky, so he's punching <laughs> Apollo. And I think that like, that's like the only mention of him. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's he's just sort of like. I think he's just mentioned. I think Rocky's telling a story in the restaurant, and he mentions. Oh yeah, thing. but there's never a sense of like you know, oh, you know, however many years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, I was responsible for another man's death, and I, that weighs heavy on my conscience. That never sort of comes back into it. And I say by five, he's completely forgotten. Yeah, and I, it never comes up again. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in, in Creed, it's actually one of the central, like, think it's the driving force for um, for Rocky in a lot of ways as to why he doesn't want to train him at first, and when he does mm. it's because he recognises Apollo in Adonis and yeah. again sees that thing of, like, you know, that, that whole thing that runs through Creed, which you know, links it back to the first one of that not just that you know, someone has a fighting spirit, they're always going to be a fighter. But if someone yeah. has, like, some vocation that they absolutely love, it's the thing they're going to do. Because you have yeah. um, Bianca in um, in Creed, Ugh, who... Uh, I love that character. Oh, she's great. Um, I, I basically want Creed too, so I can have way more of her. Um, yeah. But she has the thing where she, uh, she has that uh, hearing loss, um, and she says, I want to keep doing what I love until I can't anymore. And you think, yeah. oh, okay, that's exactly what Rocky is doing in that in this movie, and that's exactly what Adonis is doing. It's the thing he wants to do. It's the thing that he feels completes him. And I think Rocky sees that, and he's like, you know, this is going to happen with or without me, so I'm going to try yeah. and atone a bit by helping this guy out. That's it, yeah. And um, there is that interesting thing of like Rocky Balboa is 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 more, I think, of a remake of Rocky than Creed is. I think Creed is more the sort of, like, Force Awakens-style remix. You know, you take mm. some familiar elements, but you you shift it in a way that makes it a new thing that is beholden to the old thing, but it doesn't feel like a retread or a rehash, whereas, like, Rocky Balboa is very much huge amounts of callbacks to Rocky 1. And it's, it's great, like, you know, if you watch Rocky and you watch Rocky Balboa, one, you know, very close to each other, they're, they're very cool bookends to see the character sort of come full circle. But but it works. Like, even though it's like, okay, this is pretty much a retread of what we've seen before, it's it's nice. Like, Street-level Rocky is the best Rocky. Like, once he's got tons of money, I lose interest in the character. But when he's sort of, like, just humble, mumbly, street-level Rocky, yeah, that's that's good Rocky. It, it comes back down to that um, speech uh, Rocky makes in Balboa where he says... You know, it's not about how hard you hit, it's about how, do you, yeah. how hard you can get hit and keep going. And that's kind of... Because you think about... Um, in Balboa, it starts, suddenly Adrian's dead. 
and he's yeah. working through his grief there. And then here, it's like his last in Creed, his last friend, Paulie, is gone. And as far yeah. as we can tell, he doesn't really see anyone else. He doesn't go to that uh, to Mickey's gym anymore. So he's just completely alone again. He even gets that. Yeah. Um, all the scenes in the first Rocky of him walking around being lonely in Philadelphia is him bouncing that ball. And he gets that ball back in Creed. Yeah. So you can tell yeah. he's lonely again. It's the, the, That's it. the bouncing ball of loneliness. Um, That's it. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I can't. I can't lost where I was going with that. But um, I mean, he. he, he I mean, the, in Creed, he's, you know, he's he's back where he started. He's back being a loner, and he's back having. He's back being aimless. Yeah, and he need and 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 part of his thing that is he needs to rediscover that thing. To, he needs to rediscover the need to fight because when he when he after all he's gone through after all he's lost, he's told he has cancer and he's going to go through chemotherapy just like Adrian. And he says, I yeah. don't, I don't even want this fight. I can't handle it. And I, I think when he, he says to Adonis, like he says, it's a hard process and you, you know, you have a small chance of even getting through it. And I was only, I was just thinking, yeah, that reminds me of how they talked about the Apollo fight in the first movie. So I think like, you have to go through all this hardship and then you might not even win. And then, yeah. and then, you know, in this movie, Rocky has to then rediscover that, oh, wait, I've got to keep fighting because this is worth it for the people that I'm affecting around me. Because he, he makes new families in Balboa and Creed because Rocky's kind of defined by the people he helps. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Like, it, I think they do really well with Balboa in the sense of, like, Adrian's absence is all over the character's face like he's just and he's just empty and you can just see it like there's just nothing there like he's just going through the motions and he's trapped in the past and um i think that was a great like i, I, I was looking at the making of the film and originally like talia shire was going to be in the film and then her and stallone apparently sat down together and discussed it and she just said to him it works better if adrian's not in it you know i think you need him to be back at the start him and paulie no one else, and just go from there. And it, and it worked, like you say, it works so well because you need, you've got a lot of hoops to jump through with Rocky Balboa to get him from owning the restaurant to getting in the ring. Like, you've got to explain that in a way that makes sense, like why the fight would happen, why Mason would fight him, and and why Rocky would, would do it. Because he doesn't need to do it. But then, of course, they explain why he needs to do it, and it is because he needs to get it all out of his system and, like, prove again that he is someone and he's lonely and he wants the attention or whatever but <laughs> i think they they do do that very well with rocky and balboa and creed to sort of set up the fight like they find different ways to jump through the hoop to get the has been and the nothing or the never was against the champ i think they always do that very well they always do that in a way that i like that i'm satisfied with yeah with um like you're saying with creed with rocky getting the the cancer diagnosis and not wanting to fight and all that I think that whole sequence of like that from that thing where Rocky sort of says to Adonis, um, you know, the past's back there, you're the future, I'm just gonna, you know, shuffle off. You're no one, you're not family or all that stuff. And then Donnie's little sort of um uh death spiral, you know, he goes and he fights the guys at the club and then he gets arrested and then he tells Rocky to piss off and all that. Uh that's fantastic and the the ending of that where it's just like you know you if you fight if i fight you fight i i, I spent i spent like almost the entirety of like 
Creed either crying or on the edge of tears. Yeah, no, it's 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 so powerful. Like it really is just like those great moments when you're just like, oh god, that's really oh, it's there. I can just feel it in my heart. It's amazing. And from what I've seen from people, I know people who have seen it and who haven't even seen any Rocky movies, and they've still felt that connection to Rocky as a character and still loved him and sympathized with him. Yeah, I mean, he's the even though this is the only Rocky film that Stallone didn't write, they they just capture the character perfectly. They get that goofy dialogue and they get that sort of like I was saying before, like the sort of meaningless, meaningless but meaningful Rockyisms, and it always stays true to the character. And Stallone is killing it oh he's so good yeah i mean it's the it's some of the scenes some of it like that that whole speech where he says you know everyone's gone um you know this is the past this is the future and so on you're like wow this is really really powerful and really good yeah he even has like little moments in it like there's i I don't know why this sticks out in my mind so much but during the speech we're talking about he he has this moment where like he has to catch himself because he's getting too emotional and he kind of like yeah breathes out in a heavy way like sort of like oh that's recenter myself so i can continue this speech and it's it's great it's because i mean i've always felt like stallone has that ability but he just doesn't always tap into it for whatever reason yeah because i mean he does well in balboa as well there's a couple of speeches he does in that to poorly where it's a similar sort of thing like he starts to like get quite emotional and he can do it he can sell it it doesn't feel like, I think he's getting better with age, because there are some scenes in, like, when, when Mickey dies and uh, Rocky's, like, crying over Mickey, that's pretty poor. But I think when he goes for, like, a quiet emotional moment, he can do it. Mm, exactly. He, d- he doesn't really have any of those in the middle films, really. No. I, I'm not... I, I think the middle, the middle films aren't really great for Stallone. Uh, uh, for, no. for Rocky as a character, really. But even though the films themselves can be great. It's really it's really uh, Rocky, then Balboa, and Creed, which are the ones that he absolutely kills it. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, um, I, I've always, like, with the Rocky films, there is that sense there's, like, a couple of trilogies in there. Like, you can watch the first, second, and third one. That's pretty satisfying. Or you can go, like, three, four, five, if you want to see how crazy the whole thing got. <laughs> but watching just, like, Rocky, Rocky, Balboa, and Creed, fantastic just three fantastic three movies with pretty much the same plot but fantastic <laughs> yeah you know, just yeah. really good films yeah it's it's weird how they can they can do that because it doesn't it never it doesn't feel the same in either of them even though each fight has the exact same outcome <laughs> yeah that's it and yeah i i never you never feel like it's a it's like a cheap rehash you always feel like it's it's adding something to the pile there's never a feeling of like, oh, this is just a bit of a throwaway, you know, whatever. They just need to redo this whole story. But no, even like Rocky Balboa being very similar to Rocky, it works as the catharsis of a better ending than Rocky V, but also just seeing, you know, what is it, 40 years later? Yeah, 2006 to, 2000, to 76? No, 30 years later. Can I? Yeah, 30. Yeah. And just to see, and I, I think it is like, because there was a thing Stallone said, like, they piggybacked on another boxing match to film it and to get the crowd and the press conference and all that. All right. So he said, like, I think the final fight, the main event had already happened and then they were going to go out and use their cameras and, you know, make a deal with HBO and film it. And, like, 
before Stallone went out, his big worry was he was going to go out and the crowd were going to be dickheads and they were going to boo him or they were going to just jeer or they were going to be silent. And all he sort of said to everyone was like, oh, when Stallone comes out, you just need to cheer. He said, and when he came out, they all just started chanting Rocky. Like he hadn't told them to. They all just did it. And it's like, and I think that's a perfect sort of thing for, like you say, people just love the character. And to see him doing it again and doing it well and it being a good film is so satisfying and just like it's a perfect well it's a perfect ending until creed comes along and is an even more perfect ending exactly yeah i i, I think I, I you actually reminding me actually that specific thing reminds me of a story I, I, uh, I read today about how um i think it was like the first screening that um of rocky uh, in 76 and mm. people I think, you know, Stallone was in the screening and he didn't feel that people were responding it to it well. People seemed a bit like, you know, um, they, they weren't laughing at the right bits and they, they weren't mm. responding emotionally. And he, and then, you know, people made their way out and he just stayed there on his own thinking, all this has been for nothing. I've completely failed. And then he yeah. goes out, uh, you know, 10 minutes after everyone else has left collects himself, goes out, goes down the stairs. When he gets down there, every single person who was in the screening is there waiting for him, and they'll just burst into applause. Wow. And I think, oh, that is just, again, like it feels like a Rocky moment, you know? Yeah, that's it, yeah. It's wonderful. That's very true. The, um, my, I, I, watching Creed, like when I went to go first see it, I went to see it on the cinema by, by myself. I had like a day off work in the middle of the week, and I went to see it like, I had to go see it early in the morning because I had bronchitis. So I was like, right, I've got to go see it at like 10 a.m. in the morning in an empty cinema in case I have a coughing fit. Um, and when I got there, I was completely distracted by the film and didn't cough at all. It was impressive, an impressive the power of film. But the thing I didn't know about Creed was that pretty Ricky Conlon was a scouser. was like, you know, from Liverpool. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I'm a big Everton fan and, you know, my family's from Liverpool and all that. So when he sort of appeared, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it just, I, and I was like, why am I in this cinema by myself? I need to like nudge someone and go, oh my God. And then like my, one of my favorite scenes in all of Creed, in, in all of, well, in all of Creed is at the, when they're in Liverpool and it shows the press conference and it's St. George's Hall where, and I used to work like two streets down from that oh. uh, school of English. And when they're inside and like me and my wife had taken a tour of it and all that. And when Tony Bellow, who plays pretty Ricky Conlon, is talking and he's like, you ain't got no legacy. You're a false creed. And I was like, this, this is a huge Hollywood film. And that is a big, big Scouse accent. And they're just <laughs> going for it. And I mean, as you know, I'm sure you've had the same thing in the past. Like English people on film were Hugh Grant for a very long time. You know, it was very plummy and very posh. And then there was that thing of like super cockneys. And that was it. You were either a cockney or you were super posh. But to actually see like a regional northern accent and in a massive film and have like, you know, Apollo Creed's son in Liverpool talking to this like Scouse boxer. That just, ah, I love it. I love every part of that. It's nice to see, like, yeah, like you say, a bit of... I, it's weird to call it nuance because it's just, you know, another part of the country. But, I mean, like yeah. you say, it's, it's either Ray Winston or it's Daniel Radcliffe. And, yeah, and, that's it. you know, Big Ben is in the background or something. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. a very limited... Basically, London is it, is people's yeah. concept, like, idea of uh, 
England. And yeah, it was great to see that side of it. Also, I think Bellew is really, actually really great in this movie. Oh, he's fantastic. Because in real life, Tony Bellow is lovely. Like, he's oh, just really? like a top bloke. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I couldn't tell if that was just his, like, persona, if he was just an angry guy in press conferences and stuff, because it was so believable. I was like, did they just say be yourself? Because like, I don't know what he's like. Oh, but by all accounts, he's an absolutely lovely dude. Like, and <laughs> I think they do really well, because when you watch Rocky, you've got all of them really they always sort of put rocky in opposition to someone like obviously rocky's very quiet and shy and apollo is very brash rocky's very humble clubber lang is very arrogant rocky's american drago's russian he's old tommy gunn's young and so on and so on so to have like because donnie's quite cocky in his own way so the sort of way of like oh we'll get around that by just making conlon an absolute prick (laughs) Just an irredeemable prick. So you've got the fact that Donnie can be a bit showy, but he's always going to be outshone by this huge personality, which is Conlon. I think that's great because he is—he's like a boo hiss villain, but it works. <laughs> he's he's like he's he's scary. Yeah. He's pretty scary. That's oh, like terrifying. he has like certain looks in a ring, like where I think I can't remember the specific bit when when Adonis first gets like a, a proper hit on him and he realizes mm. you've hurt me. He just has this look that is just <laughs> terrifying. Like he looks yeah. like he's gonna kill him. Well, the the bit that because obviously he is he's just like he's like he's just like big dark eyes, you know, just staring through people. But there's a bit where early on, like he's put some punishment on Donnie, and Donnie gets one jab and hits him full in the face, and he just gives him a big smile. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit! And then just starts pummeling Donnie again. Like like oh god, this guy's amazing. I don't know if you've seen the video. Like Stallone put it on his Twitter. And it's them, I think they're rehearsing, and Tony Bellow hits Michael B. Jordan and knocks him out. Just <laughs> knocks him cold. Like, they're just sort of, like, sparring a bit. And it's purely, it's obviously purely unintentional. He's gone to do, like, a, a shadow punch or whatever and just overtimed it. And he just hits him, and Michael B. Jordan just ragdolls. Just, <laughs> just on the ground, like, just completely put out. Like, oh, God, like, this dude is, is the real deal. Like, he is tough as a coffin nail, like. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just, I think he's... He's a great character, and he also sort of gets his redeeming moments at the end as well. Like, he goes over to Donnie and says, you know, you're the future of this generation, uh, this division, like the lightweight division, and you've earned your name. Like, oh, cool. Okay. Well, that's nice. You know, so Conlon gets to go to, um, gets to go to jail with a bit of, you know, he's redeemed himself a bit. It's, cool. all, it's also take that. the same thing that, uh, with the ending of Balboa with Mason Dixon, where they set it up, basically, that the split decision means that both the villain and the hero get to win. Um, yeah. Because I, yeah. I guess Mason Dixon and Balboa is more sympathetic than Conlon, but you know, both of them have their reasons for wanting to make this match work, and both of them get to win, yeah. so they're not humiliated by in Balboa being beaten by an old man, and then Creed being beaten by someone who just has barely any experience. You know, but yeah. But again, like, and then the loser gets to gets you know, respect from their peers. Yeah, that's it. And, like, I think they do well, you know, Dixon breaks his hand, doesn't he, but keeps fighting. So you'd have that thing of, like, oh, he's got... Like, it all works together. Like, because he's broken his hand, then it's more likely that Rocky could beat shit out of him. But at the same time, like, in the aftermath of the fight, it would be like, oh, yeah, Dixon went the distance with a broken hand against this, like, classic fighter. Maybe we've underestimated him and he is a better person. And also, like you say, Rocky gets to... 
cleanse himself of the beast, which is a concept that sort of comes up towards the end of the film. Which I think they, they earlier on, when the people are hassling Rocky and Marie in the bar, you know, there's like the three women and the dude. Yeah. Um, and he goes over and just sort of like shoves the guy against a wall. I'm th- I feel like as though they chickened out there because they should have gone over and battered him and that be the idea of this beast. You know, he's still got punches in him that he needs to get out. But that's that concept of, that concept just comes up like as they're walking into the ring. And then at the end, like Paulie says to him, like, oh, you know, this is it now. You've got to get the beast out of here. And the fight ends and Rocky says, yeah, the beast is gone now. And like, this is a this is a brand new concept. You know, I, I feel like there's no lead up to that. I think uh, I think they they make they might make an earlier reference when they say something about oh, I've got stuff in the basement, which is yeah, definitely. They're, they're, they're mixing metaphors, I think. But um, but it works enough for me. And um, and also, I think the, the thing about attacking that guy, I don't think Sloan ever wants Rocky to do anything that bad. Because, like, I mean, yeah. even in the first movie when he's, like, you know, shaking down people for the money they owe to the to the mob, he's like, yeah. you know, like, oh, I'm supposed to break your thumb, but oh, just just make, wanna... just make sure you pay the money <laughs> and let's the guy go. Yeah, promise. He's, he's a really, really nice criminal at the start. Like, yeah, that's it. He can't, like, do anything he... wrong, really. Yeah, that's it. He's always going to be, yeah, the boxer with it. Because there is that interesting thing of, like, he's got a heart of gold and he's a lovely guy, but his job is to hit people until they can't get up anymore. Like, that's his, that's what he's paid for. But he's, like, it's interesting to have those two ideas of, like, oh, Rocky's lovely and he'd never, he'd never hurt a fly unless he was getting paid to do it on telly and then he'd beat <laughs> shit out of someone. Yeah, well, he has to... That's partly why he's so passive with his career, I think. He's just, he doesn't have, he used to discover that drive, the eye of the tiger, mm. you know, to, because uh, he, once he gets that, he's channeling all his anger from being mistreated in his life and from, like, you know, not getting any kind of success, any kind of, like, good things happening to him. Um, there's, a, there's a great yeah. scene in Balboa that's unfortunately cut from the movie, but it's just him talking to Steps, uh, little Marie's mm. son, and you know, makes a quick reference to it. It's another one of those sort of speechy bits. But um, but he just makes a quick reference to the fact that like both his like mum and dad kind of I think his dad left when he was young, and then his mum like didn't really care about him, and also left at some point. He doesn't. He kind right. of makes it in an offhand way, but it really kind of sets the scene of like, oh well, wow, this guy has had nothing going for him for most of his life. You know, I think he says that directly to Donnie, doesn't he? It's just like, it's either it's even the final fight or in the training. He's like, everyone who ever insulted you, everyone who ever did this, every bad feeling, you've got to put it all into the bag. I think, and he's just punching the heavy bag. And I think, yeah, that it's it's sort of the subtext becomes text. It's just like, no, all this bad feeling. This is how you're going to get it out. You're going to put it on someone else with your fists and work it out from there. Yeah, he's because um, he's in. I think Rocky is pretty incapable of expressing that in a way that's gonna hurt someone unless it's in the ring. Because um, you, men- yeah. you mentioned it earlier the the scene between um, with Rocky and Mickey in the first movie where Mickey visits him in his apartment is yeah. uh, absolutely my. I think after rewatching it the other day, I think it's absolutely my favorite scene of the whole series um, mm. because uh, I just. I mean, I love Burgess Meredith in this series anyway, uh, but like like you said, there's this moment where Rocky 
explodes in anger and all his hurt and he's saying that you know it stinks this place is awful i live in this terrible apartment nothing is going for me and you were someone who told me i was a waste of space why are you coming to me and explodes all this frustration and he shouts at him and he but he doesn't Mm. do it to his face he does it through a door yeah he i think he starts off like saying it to himself but then gets too angry and starts shouting through the door you know, uh, Mickey leaves, goes down the street, and then, you know, as soon as Rocky realizes he's gone, he runs out to him, and then mm. you don't hear any dialogue, but you see him sort of console with him and presumably apologize. And it's like even yeah. even when he's have this moment of letting out all his frustration, he's still like, oh damn it, I, a bystander was hurt by my emotion. I need to <laughs> yeah. apologize. And and. And again, in, in Creed, there's a bit um, when he first like he like collapses when he's training Adonis before he goes yeah. to the hospital. As as Adonis is like carrying him out of the ring to go to hospital, he keeps apologizing, you know, for the yeah. for like putting him through the trouble, um, because he's someone who just constantly gives and doesn't expect anything in return yeah that's it like he's being carried and he's like sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry like no dude you you chill you've just puked and fallen over you this isn't on you anymore like and and even he's trying to get out of the hospital bed he's like oh i won't you know okay well that's fine i don't want to i don't want to take up a bed like no just just chill man (laughs) just it's done the um uh that scene with him and mickey one thing i absolutely love about that is like you've got this idea that rocky is this like big lummox but as soon as Mickey comes in, you can see on his face, he's got Mickey's number straight away. He knows exactly why Mickey's there. He's not going to give him the time. And there's a great line of dialogue where Mickey's like, you know, you got heart, kid. And and Rocky's like, oh, yeah, I've got heart, but I don't have a locker. <laughs> you know, and you just like, and then Mickey just looks all ashamed. It's like, oh, yeah, now you were happy to skid row him two minutes ago, but now he's going to be a big shot. You come crawling back. And I think that plays out. It's a great scene. And it's a great scene that gets everything and increases the like increases rocky's character in the sense of he gets that big cathartic shout but he doesn't shout in mickey's face and he doesn't threaten him and then in the end the scene ends with him like you say apologizing or consoling and then the next minute right let's get training and that's it and it, it does everything very in a very small space but keeps the plot moving forward because you don't need him and mickey to be at odds with each other for another 15 minutes wrap it up but get all the good stuff as well. Yeah, the the way the way uh, the framing in the first one, the, the direction is amazing because you've got that that whole argument. You've got they can't they start off together, you know, in one room, but then Rocky, mm. l- you know, leaves the room. He shuts the door. Um, he, he you know um, talks him through the door, and then there's a point when he I think he, uh, like Mickey like opens the door, realizes he's left his hat, so goes back for it, but Rocky's comes in because he thinks he's left, you know. And there's, yeah. there's all this... The way they're moving is interesting, but you also get moments of them talking together, but you also see Rocky on his own, letting out his frustration. And you get to see, you know, uh, Mickey walking around this room, you know, on his own, um, yeah. you know, looking, like, completely crestfallen... And that's the first moment with Mickey when you... Because before then, he's kind of a guy just, like, you know, giving Rocky he's, shit. He's like a, but, like, you know... like a pantomime antagonist. Yeah. Just, yeah, in the background. But then he... At that moment, he really humanizes him just in... in uh, just Meredith's face. Like, he just... Just walks around the room, grabs his hat, and goes just to presumably go back home to where he lives alone. 
um, yeah. and think about all the years he's wasted. And yeah, that's it. You learn so much about those characters just through the way that scene shot. Like you were saying earlier, no, nothing wasted in the film. Like it's a two-hour-plus film, but if if you said, okay, what what would you take out? I couldn't think of a single scene. Like everything. Everything piles onto each other. Even like, because when I, I had in my notes, like, why is Gaza, you know, Gaza the gangster? Oh, why is yeah. his driver such a dick? <laughs> and, but it adds to the idea that no, like, no one respects Rocky. And even though he's got this job, even though, I mean, because Gaza is a great character. I think he's like, I think there's a great scene where Gaza gives him $500 to train. And, you know, and I was thinking to myself, all right, is that going to come back around? And it doesn't. It doesn't make him throw the fight. It doesn't make him cheat or anything. It's like, no, you're. You know, Gazo is a member of the community. You're this big hope for the future. Here's, you know, half a grand. Go, go fill your boots, mate. Yeah, that's that speaks to the positivity of the movie because from a movie in the seventies as well, you yeah. see that that's a real like, you know, Chekhov's gun. You know, that's going to come back and and be conflict later in the movie, but it doesn't. He's just like he's yeah, he's a gangster, but he's just he's just a really nice gangster. That's it. <laughs> he gives he gives uh, Rocky some money to take Adrian out. You know, he he, he likes the kid. You know, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> and I, I think that's I think that's cool. Like um um yeah, like you say that that sort of positivity because even like even like you say Apollo, the villain of the film, never comes across villainous. You know, he never does anything untoward. He's just he's only the villain because he's not Rocky. You know, that's that's it. Like Apollo Creed is such a likable character and he he is the sort of backbone of these films in a way because when he's not in the movie when he's not in the movies they sort of aren't as good i mean okay but except for like barbara but like creed sort of creates this idea that apollo could have been the main character of these films and this is like the acute uh the culmination of creed's story which i think is great like i think i don't know i just i wasn't expecting much from creed and i definitely wasn't expecting it to become like one of my favorite films like it is fantastic yeah, I, I wasn't, I, I, I had high hopes, and especially since I saw it, like, I don't know when it came out with you guys, but I know, you know, US got it, I think, like, November or something. Um, yeah, we got it around, like, December, I think. Yeah, yeah, around then. But, like, you know, you guys uh, had that out, and we did the Rocky Week at audiences everywhere and everything, mm. and then I had to wait, like, another three months <laughs> before I saw Creed. Of course, yeah. Um, so I, I knew it was getting positive things said about it but i was still worried about how good it would be um what i i never dreamt would happen is that it would be number two for me uh you know after the first rocky yeah and i watched it Same. i watched it with a friend today because we've been going through all these movies i introduced him to all of them and oh, yeah. you know i asked him how he rated them all um after we watched creed today and he rated creed as first um I, which is great i yeah no i could i could find myself i mean i was just watching it and it was interesting because obviously watching the cinema you just you're in it but to watch it last night and take notes and 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 like break down scenes some of the cinematography in this film is just insane like there is about four or five of these long unbroken shots like just steady cams just following people and they're so good that it takes you about five minutes of the scene before you realize it's happened. Like there's the one obviously where they have the whole fight just steady cammed in one one unbroken shot, and it's I, I can't it's it's incredible. Like it's it's showy, but it's not showy. But oh no, just amazing, just fantastic film. Yeah, I mean, I I think long shots a lot of the time will get used in films in a surface way. They'll you know they're very, yeah. they're artistic and it's a bit show offy and. Uh, 
and this is not one of those things because it really involves you in, in that, the, 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 the one where they do the whole fight I forgot the name of the fighter but they um they I think it's the second fighter? Uh, it's uh oh, I can't remember but um oh, it doesn't matter but they, they they actually weave in and out of the fighters and it's very close and you feel like you're in the ring with them and it makes that mm. long shot feel worth it because you feel like you've gone through the whole fight with them yeah and and some of the like the choreography of that because at one point because i was watching i was like oh this is cool and like you say you're like oh it's almost like you're the ref just sort of like weaving out and just keep an eye and everything and then there's like a scene where donnie falls on the ropes and the camera just finds bianca in the crowd as she shouts something and she's just like between the ropes and between his arm just completely framed and she just shouts like come on and then the cat and then you're off the ropes again and you're back in the fight like oh god that is just gorgeous to watch like it's so phonetic and just like like you say you're right there and then other times it's like i think when they first come out at goodison the camera just follows them from the changing room all the way through and all the way and it builds up that sort of shit this is going to be a big thing and what's conlon going to do and what's donnie going to do and it doesn't draw attention to itself and say look at me it's it's to enhance the story exactly i i mean i don't know if you've seen uh fruitvale station i haven't i um i i don't know i just feel like it's just going to be really grim and i'm going to end up feeling awful about myself well uh i yeah i i had that feeling as well it kept me away from it for a while but it's not you know it is there's a lot more positivity in it than you'd think but anyway yeah. i mean through both that film and this i can tell that as a writer and a director ryan coogler is just you know he's the whenever he does any film in the next you know 20 years i'm going to be so excited about it because these two movies are incredible they're some of the best uh, movies of like you know that i've ever seen and um yeah and this guy's doing Black Panther. That's just amazing. Ah, oh God! And that cast, that cast as well. Oh yeah, Michael B. Michael B. Jordan is in it, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be one of the baddies. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing as well, which is very interesting with Creed in comparison to say Rocky or Rocky Balboa. Creed, uh, not Creed. Rocky Balboa. The, the Rocky films are very white. You know, they're very mainstream, very white. But then. I just love the fact that Creed is like, it's just unashamedly black. It's just African-American all the way. Like all the characters, all the, the dialogue, the the music. It's, it's such an interesting thing to take something that's been like this big sort of hero in like the white community, which sounds racist to say white community, but they're not like the far right community. Um, but like, and, and I don't know, it's just, a, it's like I was saying before about the Force Awakens thing, it takes something that exists takes the composite parts of it and then just gives it a, just takes it on a completely different tangent and makes something fantastic like it's a good remix and ah uh, i just i i could spend another hour just talking about creed it is wonderful so it is wonderful and, and like force awakens that the best thing for me well not the best thing but one of the best things is that this is a story that can continue now and now it doesn't have yeah. to be about rocky it can just be about Adonis, you know, and it can it be about those characters? And I'm like, like I'm thinking, I, I want to see Creed too because I wanna, I wanna see more Bianca. I wanna see more of uh, Adonis's mum, you know. I, yeah. And I want to see more of him, of course. Um, I, I want to see more of his like, you know, Stitch and his crew. Like I think they're great little side characters, like his his like corner men. Oh there's, yeah. There's a there's a running thing, you know, when he's got like the old dude with the toothpick in his mouth and he's holding the pads. 
Yeah. And it's like, and he has to hit them all. And then when he just gets into the rhythm and he's doing it really, again, and it's an unbroken shot that just like goes around. And it's just that noise, that... And it's just... Oh, I, 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 that, that for me, like when that started happening last night, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot how much I love that sequence of just, I, I don't, I, I just, uh, so much, so much good stuff and so many cool little scenes and so there's, there's so much organic stuff as well. Like when they go and get like the Philly cheesesteaks, you know, that feels like they've just gone into a real Philly cheesesteak restaurant and just filmed how the people interact. And it's like brilliant. Um, the guys on the, like, um, the, the motorbikes in the street and like the dune buggies and that scene where Donnie's running and he gets them all to come and, you know, to come uh, rev the bikes to get Rocky out and all that. Um, uh, the oh, I, I mean, you could say every scene from the beginning to the end, like there's so much good stuff. Like when, when Donnie fights, you know, he goes to the gym, yeah. the Delphi gym in, in California and he like batters that dude and he's like, yeah, yeah, who's next? Who's next? And um, Stuntman Wheeler comes up and just schools him. Just, just without effort, just puts him on his ass. And like, okay, awesome. So now we know who Donnie is. We've got that idea of his character now. He thinks he's this. This is what he actually is. Now he needs to become the next level of that. And it's filmed gorgeously and it's funny and it's brutal. Oh, no, love it. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, I... Creed is just is up there, you know. It's really up there. It was, I think it's because uh, it it's going to be on my best of year list. Because my best of year list is always slightly different from everyone else's because I'm in the UK. Mm. So all these, Same. all like the uh, Oscar movies and stuff, will come out in like you know February or March here, where they were topping people's lists last year. But like, I mean, so far this is like, this has got to be number one of my year, and I don't expect anything else to shift it from it. Really? Well, like you say, speaking to people who have watched the film independent of Rocky and still rate it incredibly highly is is an is an achievement by itself. Like you couldn't, you know, you couldn't give someone. I don't think you give someone Rocky Balboa and say, watch this by itself. What do you think? I think you'd always feel like there were pieces missing. Whereas Creed, you can sort of you can fill in the blanks and work it out, and it's good enough that because it's not Rocky's story with Creed in it. It's Creed's story and Rocky just happens to be a part of it. You know, I think they do that very well to sort of flesh out flesh out Creed's story, flesh out Bianca's story. Like her whole story could be its own movie. And she's the main character and she just happens to be involved with this boxer. You know, that could be a movie by itself. Yeah, she, she I'd happily watch she's that. She's extremely like that's why I wanted more of her because she was hmm. in it quite a lot early on and then she gets sidelined slightly towards the end. But I mean, I don't know, but again, they needed to focus on Rocky, so I don't really hate them for it. But you know, she she was so good, and she has so many great moments in it. I think I love the uh, the the moment where she takes it like her hearing aid out when she's yeah. having the argument with him. You know, she's just there's so many wonderful moments between them. It feels so genuine. Um, yeah. In the same in the same way that it did with uh, with it, Rocky and Adrian in the in the first movie. Yeah, and again, like that sort of idea of you know, like I was saying, so um, Rocky and Adrian are quite passive characters, so they flip that on its head, and Donnie and Bianca are very you know they're very aggressive, they're very active characters, and how that works, and how they put those two ideas together, and how they fill each other's gaps, I guess. And um, yeah, I think it just works really well because she is. She's not a love interest character by any stretch of the imagination. She's a character who just happens to, you know, 
meet Adonis Creed and fall in love with him. And I think that works really well. And it's a it's a testament to the fact that this film, like the this genre of films, they can just sort of those like the female characters can be just pushed to sort of a supporting role where their agency is taken away from them and their only sort of plot device is the husband's plot. Yeah, or they... Which sort of does happen to Adrian. Or they could, uh, you know, I'm not naming any names, but they could just be killed off in the first 20 minutes as okay. well. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, she, she's wonderful. And she's also, I mean, she's fun to watch, but she's she's thematically relevant to the movie, which is important. Yeah. Again, it's, it's that thing with uh, the first Rocky. There's not, not anything you want to take out of the movie because it all fits together as this, you know, yeah. as one piece. Yeah, perfectly. And um, and also, it's it's interesting as well because it's all there. Like, the, the plot's there, the dialogue's there, the story's there, the characters are there. But also, when you get to that final fight, it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting. You know, you're back in that same feeling you had watching Rocky versus Apollo in 76. You are on the edge of your seat, punch by punch, step by step, round by round, just like... And all the corner interactions are great. Like, I love the fact that, you know, when his eye closes and the guy's tapping on his neck yeah. to tell him how many fingers, like, that's a great little touch. And also just having that catharsis of Donnie saying to him, like, um, I've got to prove I'm not a mistake, you know, and then Stallone, and, Stallone, and Rocky saying to him, like, you know, you've, you've taught me to fight, this, 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 I love your kid, go out there and shut him up, you know, and it's... It's beautiful, like, you know, you've got full tears at that point. Like, I had, like, full tears, and I'm like, Donnie, go and just knock him <laughs> out, mate! You know, just, like, completely just in puddles. There's another moment in that fight that I that's the most powerful moment for me, is when he, he gets absolutely knocked to the floor, he looks completely ah, out for the yeah. count, and he just gets random flashes of mostly things from the movie, which could yeah. be really corny, but, like, they're sparse enough they're just the right they're just edited in in such a perfect way and then you get that one just quiet shot of um apollo yeah and then like a half you know second wait and then bam he's up like a man possessed and it's yeah that's, that's it such, straight on his feet, right? I, I remember i was you know properly on the edge of my seat at that moment for real yeah that's it and like conlon's on the corner isn't he like getting the crowd cheering and then just a donnie's just on his feet and it's like oh shit this is on again you know just oh it's so much fun to watch like my um i was watching this in the living room and my my wife stood like she's studying for a master's so she's in the back room studying and she's saying like while she's doing her work all she can hear is oh fuck get it get it jump jump <laughs> getting right into it just like pouring with sweat it's like yeah yeah now, toe to toe, toe to toe. <laughs> I love it. It's just, there's so much fun in these movies. So much fun to watch. Because you know they're always going to build up to some great action sequence. That's going to be really lavish and personal and great. Yeah, they're fantastic. I, it's utterly absurd, this series. Because I, 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 normally when I, <laughs> when I talk about film, I, I always end up trying to talk in terms of other films. Like, oh, this is the blank of... Rocky series or whatever, but yeah, because uh, it's often easier to talk in that way. But there's Creed. There's no like, I mean, the only comparison points I can think of to Creed or something that fits into the franchise in the same way is something like Terminator Genesis or Jurassic <laughs> World, which you know are not in the same league exactly. Um, but you know, because it's 
it has so much on its shoulders. It's got to be. It's a sequel to to many movies, and yep. it's like a, a reboot in a way. It's a new beginning. Um, but it's a mm-hmm. standalone film that doesn't need a sequel and doesn't need anything before it. Like it works on yeah. so many levels that I'm just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm astounded that this got made. And especially since as well, it's however much respect I have for Ryan Coogler, the idea of um, Rocky being a character held by Stallone and being written by him for mm. six movies and then being handed off, there is a fear in that of like, oh, what if he doesn't get it right? Um, yeah. Because because Stallone has, you know, he's had his up and downs with the series, but like for the most part, he's he remains true to these characters. Yeah, and also as well, like to give it to a director with only like one movie and who doesn't really have like action chops and yeah, no, it's it where. When it was first announced, I only knew about it because I think my mum told me about it. She was like, oh, they're filming a Rocky film in Goodison Park. Like, she phoned me about it, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I looked, and it was like, oh, it's a spin-off about Apollo Creed's son. And I was actually like, oh, snooze, not into it. And even, like, I didn't bother what I don't think I watched a trailer for it. And it was only on Twitter. Like, Diego and Dave Shreve and all them were going wild for it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, I better give this a bit of a look. So I watched a trailer, and as soon as I watched the first trailer, I was like, oh, shit, I need to be seeing this now. You know, and straight away, as soon as it came out, went to the cinema at 10 a.m. in the morning and watched it and was just, yeah, just blown away. Like, in terms of, like, a comparison, you can't, like, Force Awakens will take you so far, but like you say, Force Awakens is very much the middle film. It's, like, it's the first film of, like, a new trilogy, and it's a follow-up to something else. Whereas, like, if there were no more Creed films, fine. You know, you don't need it to finish it. Obviously, I want, like, 20 more of them. But, like, you're not lending on a cliffhanger. It's not like, oh, but, you know, there's this unresolved plot line. It is what it is. Like, there's no... I don't think there is any films like that. Especially that, especially for a drama. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have, like... Yeah. You have, like, uh, these serialized things now, like, uh, like uh, the Marvel movies and now the the DC expanded universe and we have those, but I mean, they're happening because they're big budget explosive things that, yeah. you know, make a ton of money, even if they're not that great, you know? Uh, so the idea of this yeah. happening, you know, we're, we're on the seventh film telling the story of a boxer, you know, and it seems, it seems bizarre that this would ever happen. Yeah. Imagine, pre- yeah, very much so. I mean, imagine predicting this in uh, 1976. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, because even like, I was laughing about that, I was writing in my notes, when Apollo says to him at the end, yeah, there isn't going to be no rematch. Like, yeah, there is. <laughs> There's going to be many rematches. This, this story is not over. <laughs> I think, you know what I could compare it to? The closest thing I could get would be um, Casino Royale. Oh, the, right, yeah. Daniel Craig. That's, that's about as close as I can get. And even then, the, you know, there's 20, 20 Bond films before that, you know, so it's not like, there's no surprise that they made more Bond films. Whereas I think Creed just comes out of nowhere. It's just sort of like, yeah, the Rocky stuff. Okay, talk about it from first to last. Rocky to Rocky Balboa is definitely from first to last. And that is that is a closed circle and it's done. Um, and that's why I think, you know, obviously 10 years later, this film appearing and opening the circle again and saying, no, 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 this is the last one is so absurd and so ridiculous. And yet every single part of it works. That's that's unpredictable. That's, that's insane. Yeah, I feel... 
Because you get so used to reboots being just an automatic write-off because you're like, oh, they're doing Total Recall again. Great. And then yeah. it's it's terrible or at best it's okay. And yeah. whether you've seen it or not, you just forget about it. So the idea of something being good is kind of amazing. And then the fact that it's, you know, actually brilliant is yeah. baffling. I, I was, I think... I uh, I said earlier I was just, I keep thinking that I'm gonna like wake up tomorrow, and I've dreamt that this movie exists because it just, <laughs> it doesn't feel like a, it's like having a dream about you know Christmas and you wake up the next day and you're like yeah. oh man didn't actually happen you know when you're yeah, a kid it's June yeah exactly but like you know I keep every now and again I just think about it, I'm like wow. Like, especially with Ryan Coogler as well, it's like someone, like, mm. made a movie for me <laughs> in particular. Yeah. Like, it's so strange. Well, I mean, I it's it's almost like, you know, it's um it's it's like Stallone's dream. It's like the idea of, like, oh, someone will come in and they'll write the script so I don't have to do it. They'll direct it so I don't have to do it. I'll star in it and I'll get nominated for an Oscar <laughs> and I'll win a Golden Globe. Like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Sit down, Stallone. What's this guy talking about? Yeah. You know, and it's also, it's kickstart. Because it, Michael B. Jordan was a rising star, and then there was Fantastic Four, and it was like, oh, shit, is this going to be, is this going to hang around his neck? And then, obviously, six months later, Creed, oh, no, now he's going to be the biggest thing in the world. Brilliant. Thank Christ. Yeah. I I, I think the, the buzz around Fantastic Four was so bad. Like, I, I watch every single superhero movie really because i just can't help myself uh being mm. a nerd but um but that was one i just had so little interest in it uh that i just didn't even make it out for it in the cinema no and i still haven't seen I, it i've never seen it same i i watched one trailer for it and i was i know i watched i watched all the trailers for it and i was like every one of these trailers has been in the same location yes this a load of warehouse corridors i think yeah <laughs> Just like a big room, and then a warehouse corridor, and then like a CGI planet. It's like, oh no, this is a shame. Because there's some talent here, and that's a shame. Anything else you'd like to add about any of these three movies? Or any of these seven movies? After all, this is the, the movie special. Like, is there anything particularly in this movie? Like, like um, I'm trying to think. Like, for me, these movies, when we say about like the cliche and the Rocky idea, I think the Rocky idea is the montage. <laughs> I think these movies perfected and created the montage. Yeah, and I think they continue that. I think even like because Creed could have happily just dropped that idea and been like, oh, that's a little bit too rocky." But instead, they do quite a few of them, and they're amazing. Yeah, it's it's really it's really great, and it's there's a few like you're saying about the motorbike thing on paper mm. that that sounds like a bit for an otherwise fairly grounded movie. It seems a bit almost silly, wow. a bit weird. Yeah, but like they they set it up in enough that in the moment it feels like heroic and like. Because part of the movie is Adonis isn't accepted to be a fighter because being yeah. a fighter, you're meant to come. It's meant to be rags to riches, and yeah, you're fighting for your life. Yeah, and he doesn't have the need for it. So, and then he moves to Philadelphia, where he's you know an outsider there, and then for him to have yeah. that run through Philadelphia with these people, you know, actually on the streets with him, is kind of like yeah. an acceptance that works yeah, extremely so. well. They're... Yeah, that's it. That's that's his like triumph. That's his his uh, guard of honor. And um, yeah, no, it's 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 a it's just a yeah. I mean that that uh, okay. Well, not to restart the Creed conversation, but <laughs> like one thing, like every piece of it that I love. And then there's like at the end when they're showing the fight, and um, 
his mum, like Marianne's watching the fight and she's been kind of like, you know, very disapproving, but then she sends him the shorts. And then I love the thing of like her in this mansion, glass of wine. And in, and she is like, come on, baby. And she gets into it then. You're like, oh, okay, well, if he's going to fight, you know, you're on his side. Like, and she, for all her sort of like, oh, you know, you're going to box your brains out and all that. But when he's in the ring, she's, yeah, he's got to knock this guy the fuck out. You know, that's it. If he's going to fight, he's going to win, you know. And I love that. I love that idea. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I have one last thing that's, that I want to say. Um, okay. just, this is just trivia, but I love it. Um, the, the, I don't know if you ever heard about the audition that Carl Weathers had to be Apollo Creed. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he had, um, he was, uh, you know, reading his lines with Stallone and the director and then, you know, halfway through, he kind of cut Stallone off and says, you know, uh, Mr. Alvidson, like I could do much better if you have a real actor reading with me. And then the director goes, well, Carl, that's, that's Rocky. That's the star. That's the guy who wrote the scripts. And then... Carl Weathers bursts out laughing and goes, well, maybe he'll get better. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and that's pure Creed. Yeah, and that's exactly the moment where Stallone says, okay, that's that's Apollo Creed. That's exactly what I want. Hires him there. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, because Creed is such a fantastic... Creed's a fantastic character, and he adds the extra little bit of fun that Rocky can't have, if you know what I mean. Like, Rocky, <laughs> the character of Rocky can't be that big. Like, he has to be the small, quiet moments. But Creed can come into the ring on a boat, dressed like George Washington, get off the boat, take off the George Washington costume, put on an Uncle Sam costume, <laughs> dance around the ring going, I want you! You know, and like, Stallone can't do that. Stallone can just comment from afar. But you've got all those big moments. You can give them all to uh, Carl Weathers, who is loving it. <laughs> Yeah, every second of it. He's he's what he's wonderful. He's uh, I mean, I keep on wanting to say every time we talk about a character, I keep wanting to say, oh, they're the heart of the, the franchise, mm. and I keep and I want to say that about everyone, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, even, <laughs> even it's it's you're never gonna say Paulie's the heart of the franchise, but <laughs> but I still love him and I love his presence in all of them. You know, he's and, yeah, no, he he definitely adds something. Yeah, every everyone here is, especially in the first movie, everyone brings that A game. Yeah, no, very much so. And I think it's interesting, like as the movies go on, how much they sort of um, they recruit non actors to play roles. Like all the boxers after a while are real boxers, which I think is a good little money saving thing as well, because then when they want to show like how good a boxer they are, they can just show their fights. You know, yeah. it's just like oh, this is. Pretty Ricky Conlon, and then they just show three of his incredible real-life knockouts. I'm like, oh, okay, so that's the character. And even, like, Rocky Balboa, the sort of, like, skeevy um, promoter who works for Mason Dixon is a real-life boxing promoter. Oh, really? He just plays is a, a version of himself. Like, like yeah, that's not a very sympathetic <laughs> portrayal of your industry. Yeah, that guy was really convincing at being sleazy. <laughs> Yeah, so he's just playing himself. And obviously, Mason Dixon's a real a boxer in real life. And then so is Spider Rico, apparently. So I guess it was always that. Oh, I, it was always a trend. I love that Spider Rico comes back in uh, Balboa just to wa yeah. wash dishes. <laughs> and just, like, pray with him and all that and just be there. Like, that was, that was cool, because that wasn't really a character trait that I picked up on in his two minutes of screen time in Rocky. Yeah, I, I, you get the feeling with that kind of thing that no one knows these characters or loves them more than Stallone, so he brings this stuff back in. And, yep. and like, and it's clearly Kugler's a huge fan because, you know, he has that same love 
for these characters and the, to know the details to bring back in. Yeah, like, Creed feels more like... Because Rocky Balboa feels like a, a sequel to Rocky. You know, just just Rocky. Whereas Creed feels like, you know, it follows straight on from 4. You know, it's got a lot of, like... They talk a lot about Rocky 3. You know, it's a lot about, oh, well, after Mickey died, this happened. And it, it's more of a... It's more of a history rather than like like Rocky Balboa is a little bit more surgical. It kind of picks out the good bits and misses out a few of the other bits. Like it doesn't really mention five. It doesn't really talk about four. It, it's more sort of like back to street level one, uh, Rocky one. Whereas Creed is quite happy to be like, oh yeah, yeah, my, you know, the main character's father was killed by a steroided up Russian Superman <laughs> in the ring. And that's going to be a major plot point in this film. And then it's just then they just do it and they sell it. Like I, I haven't watched four since watching Creed, but I'd be intrigued to see if it was a very different experience. Yeah, I well I tell you what, I, I watched I watched four before I saw Creed, I saw Creed, I watched four again in my rewatch after I saw Creed, um and I I d I don't know how much of an effect Creed on on it, but I went from absolutely hating four completely to yeah. thinking it was pretty good and I you know, there's stuff in there I like. So I, I, I think, like, I mean, pretty much all the movies in this series, I end up liking a little bit more each time. Yeah. Well, they're all just, like, compulsively watch- watchable. Yeah. Like, they're such wild characters and such crazy situations. And um, and like you say, I mean, to sort of, if we did a conclusion for this, it would say that the, the heart or the main sort of thing that draws you back each time is the character of Rocky. He is a compulsively watchable character and he's just a lot of fun because he, well, I don't know. I don't know how you define it. I guess we have to find it in this podcast. Like he, he's a big lovable oaf who just does the right thing. And, you know, all he needs to do is he doesn't need to win. He just needs to prove to the world that he is. And he does that. And that's really satisfying to watch. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's a, it, it proves that, you know, characters don't have to be intricate to be relatable or to be powerful. They can, because Rocky's a straightforward character for the most part, and he's a simple character. He's a, he's probably, in terms of like popular well-known characters, he's probably the dumbest, which, you know, <laughs> but like, which is easy to forget because he's the, it's rarely, the, the joke is rarely that he's dumb. Yeah, you know, there's occasional gags about it, but like, yeah, he's everyone. <laughs> you know that you can tell that Stallone is he's writing it. He knows this guy's dumb, and we know he's dumb, but it doesn't make him less of a person or make him a gag, you know, or make yeah. him irritating or anything. It's just you know he's a guy. He's not too smart. <laughs> That's it, and yeah, he's, he's never he's never the punchline. You know, it is it is like he is they they do well because like again to go back to the whole robert redford thing you couldn't believe that robert redford lived in that shitty apartment and grew up on the streets of philly whereas you watch that film and stallone looks like he's just some bum who lives around the corner and he sounds like that and he talks like that he doesn't talk like a very educated man he doesn't talk like a very worldly man but he's just lovable yeah he's good yeah, he's just a, a good man, and, and the reason that the performance is powerful is because it's a character that, while not exactly like Stallone himself, is, you know, was written by him. Mm-hmm. You know, it came from a feeling. It came from a feeling at the time of he was he was getting nowhere with his career, you know, and he felt 
like he'd wasted his life and he felt like he was yeah. you know on the edge of a precipice and he's writes his character at that moment and stars at him and he puts his all into it and it's kind of a you know a miracle it's a lightning in a bottle situation that i can't no mm. other actor could have Done it. Yeah, no, very much so. Um, last thing I'm gonna say. One thing I do love, and and one thing that I feel like just breaks the cliche just slightly. When Robert gives him the big speech in Rocky Balboa about like, oh, you know, living in your shadow and this, 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 this. I love the fact that I remember when I first watched this film and I was waiting for Rocky to give the speech back, and I was waiting for the speech to be more comforting and reassuring but i love the fact that the speech is just like no stop being such a big baby and just get your own and just fight and just do it you know and i just love the fact that it's like it's not like oh no but you're the best thing that ever happened to me and you're a miracle and this this, this. it's like no, fuck that stop being you know this and get what you want and i think that's just a great speech and just a great flip of the usual cliche like he's not comforting him He's just saying to him, you know what? It's not my fault that you can't piece it together. Get your head in the game and see what you can do. And I love that. I think uh, the, the big running theme that goes through all these movies, uh, particularly the ones we're talking about today with Rocky, uh, Rocky Balboa and Creed, is about um, your expectations of yourself and people's expectations of you. Because, I mean, that's yeah. in that argument with his son, because his son's saying, I'm living in your shadow. Everyone thinks of me as your kid and they say you know mm -hmm. go out and create the person that you're supposed to be then you're letting yourself live in that shadow and then in the first yeah. one he's a bum he's on the street you know he's getting by however he can and then you know he goes no i want to be somebody and then creed he can get by with money but he doesn't want not only he doesn't want he wants to live outside of his father's shadow but he yep. wants to do that while still being a creed. He wants to live up to his father's legends, but he wants to be separate from it. He doesn't want someone to say to him, you're better than your father yeah. or you're worse than him. He's, I'm my own man. Yeah, yeah. he's not baby creed. No, he's not baby creed. Don't say that to him. <laughs> don't, don't tell him I'm going to call baby creed. Okay, Jack, um, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can, you can find me, uh, like Sean, you can find me on audienceseverywhere.net. Um, I also have a WordPress blog. That's jackalexandergodwin.wordpress.com. Fantastic. Uh, as usual, if you want a guest on this podcast, um, come find me on Twitter, uh, first to last pod, or email me directly at from first to last podcast at gmail.com. I also can be found at audienceseverywhere.net. If you um, are a fan of Rocky, uh, definitely track down Audience Everywhere did um, a Rocky week. Uh, it would have been, I guess, last November. And there's some absolutely fantastic articles in there. There's Rocky's best quotes. I think there's a review of every movie. There's um, I wrote a few things. Did you put anything in that, Jack? Yeah, I, um, I, if you want to find out why I don't like Rocky Four and why I love Rocky Five, I wrote an article about each of those movies. There you go. Perfect. And I will... I'll link, I'll link that in the link to this podcast. And uh, yeah, so Jack, thanks for coming on. I think I think we went the distance. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did. Thanks for having me. Of course, mate. One step, one punch, one round at a time. Uh, my name is Sean Fallon. This has been From First to Last. Goodbye.